Thank you for listening to the Celebration Church podcast. For more information about Celebration Church, go to ccacron.org. There you will find information about our church, upcoming events, and how to make a contribution to the ministry of Celebration Church. We hope this message is an encouragement to you. Amen. I love my church. <laughs> so we're, we're beginning a five-week series today called I Love My Church, if you hadn't noticed. If you, if you still have been checked out, <laughs> we begin a series today, I Love My Church. And I'm glad that you're here. I hope that you'll join us over the next four weeks as we take a look at what it means to love our church and, and loving the church that God has placed us in. So let's take a look at this. In John chapter 13, if you have your Bibles, you can go to John chapter 13 and just kind of put your finger there. I'm going to come there in just a second. But before we do, you know, throughout life, <clears throat> there's a lot of different places that we want to go in life, right? There, there are places that we like to go. Maybe it's Disney World. You do a family outing regularly to Disney World or whatever the case is. Uh, every year we have a, a family get-together in Texas and it's on the lake, you know, it's a private lake. It's a great place, and it's nice to go and hang out. I'm not much of a water person. Of course, most of you probably know that. I, I, can, I can teach you how to drown real well. <laughs> um, I, I've got that covered. But we go, and I, and I sit out on this, you know, our, our uncle has a huge... Uh, deck out back with the, you know, the all, his kitchen's nicer than probably most, his outdoor kitchen's nicer than most people's indoor kitchen. And so I just like to go play on all the, on all the neat toys out there. And so that's fun for me. I look forward to that. But there's, there's some places in life that we don't necessarily want to go, but we have to go. Um, you might know some of these places, but, but one in particular, let's just name a couple here. And as I name them, I want you to yell out to me what's the first word that comes to your mind. Now, let's keep it safe. Uh, we're in church, and the baptismal's full of water, so we can just go hold you under the pool if we need to. But, but what, are, what are some of the first things that come to your mind when I say BMV? <laughs> Ugh. <laughs> Lines, Okay. Fines. Fines. Okay. So, B&V, you know, it's top on our list. Okay, the next place, the doctor's office. Ooh, y'all are real excited this morning about these places. Any, any other? Money. Lines. I, I see a theme here. What about the dentist's office? <laughs> you know, it's funny how everybody had the same response on that. <laughs> Any other? That pretty much sums it up, right? Pain, money, you know, it all, we get it all. Now, I want you to notice something here. Nobody said, when I started writing, nobody said, I love my dentist office. <laughs> I love going to the BMV. You know, I have to say, though, the BMV here is a lot better than it is in New Orleans. You, you will wait all day in line in New Orleans at the, at the it's called DMV there, but regardless, nobody says, I love going there. 
And so I want to take a look at today what it means to really love our church. Do we love our church because it's someplace that we have to go? You know, we view going to church as, as a necessary thing in our lives. So we have to go and check, as I always say, check the checkbox. It's something that we have to do. Or do we do it because we love going there? You know, someone, someone posted a quote yesterday, I think it was, on Facebook. And I thought, man, that's a great quote. Don't go to church just because you have to. Go to church because you can't go without it, that you love it. You love going to church. And I don't know about you, but that's my life. I love coming to church here and worshiping with you, not because it's something on my list to do, but I love God and I love his people. So I want to take a look at that. So as we, as we talk about loving our church, maybe you need to understand a little bit what what it is that we do or who we are, understanding the purpose of the church. And our, our purpose, our vision as a church is what? Acts 1.8. You all can probably quote it. And you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes on you. It's, this is broken, but you all got it. And you shall be witnesses in Judea, Jerusalem, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. That's our vision, that God has equipped us. He has empowered us to be witnesses. That word witnesses in the Greek there is actually the word martyrs. He's, he's empowered. Yeah, everybody got excited on that one. He's actually empowered us to be witnesses no matter what we face in this life, whether we're martyrs or whether we live proclaiming the gospel. We become, as our, as our slogan says, we become a center for Christ's life, hope, and healing to our community. Now, when we were back in New Orleans, you all have to understand, New Orleans is like the food capital of the world. So we, we had the best of the best. Like we're, you know, we can eat whatever type of food we wanted. Well, we, for Heather, one of Heather's birthdays, and I quickly found out she really didn't like these kinds of things. I just did it because I was being nice, but then I learned I don't have to spend as much money. Wow, that's nice. Um, but I took, I took her to, there's a place, there's an old plantation called Homa's House. And it's out in the bayou, it's out, you know, out on River Road, it's right on the river, out in the middle of the bayou, you've got the Spanish moss hanging from the trees. Everything you think of New Orleans, this plantation is the New Orleans look. And absolutely beautiful. They've, they've maintained it through the years. And then you can take tours, they have a garden that you can walk through and all these nice things. But... Beyond that, they have a restaurant. And at the top of the, at the very top of Homeless House, there's a, there's a restaurant. And so, you know, it wasn't a cheap meal. And I had to save up for a little bit to take her for her birthday. And, you know, it was a nice night out. So we get dressed up and we go out to the Homeless House to eat. And uh, it was the absolute best meal I have ever had. It was fantastic food. Everything was made there on property. The, the food was all fresh out of their garden. I mean, it was just absolutely perfect. Homemade, like five different kinds of homemade butter and pumpkin soup. And uh, I mean, there was like, they went over the top. You know, it was the best meal that I've ever had. And we left saying that was a great place. Are you all getting hungry yet? So... <laughs> Notice a trend in our Sunday morning services. I, we talk about food a lot. Um, but but we, we loved it. We left that place saying, man, that place was good. I, we're going to go back there. And, of course, we haven't yet, but someday we will. And uh, it was a really good place. Now, we left that place saying, I love that place. Now, pause on that story. Last night, 
or the other night, I was sitting on the couch. I was on Zoe duty. Heather was at the gym, and so it was a daddy-daughter date night, and we were having a good time, and Zoe's watching her movies, and, you know, I'm sitting trying to be entertained by princesses on TV, and, you know, it was, it was a great, it was a great night, right? And Zoe comes up on the couch, and she cuddles. She gets real close to me and cuddles up right up next to me and moves my arm, cuddles up right next to me, and she looks up with, at me with these big old brown eyes, loving eyes, and says, Daddy, I love you. And, of course, my heart just melted. You know, I'm like, I can endure princesses for this. I can, I can do this. And I looked down, and I said, Baby, I love you too. And, you know, so there was a different context. We, do we treat loving God's church like the restaurant, or is it like our little baby Zoe, that we love her out of relationship? Do you love the church because it's a place that you can go and have a good time or check the checkbox, or is it a place where there's relationships formed and that you begin to see God glorified in the middle of community and that you love the people that God's placed you with. You know, there might be some people sitting next to you this morning that just kind of rub you the wrong way. Don't elbow your husband. Wives, <laughs> behave. They just rub you the wrong way. But God's placed all of our personalities and all of our backgrounds together to be a habitation, we talked about this last week, to be a habitation of God's presence. And so we love the church, firstly, because we love God. In John chapter 13, I want to take a look at these verses. In verse 34, starting in verse 34, it says, A new, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. Now, I just want to set the context to where Jesus is at in this passage of Scripture. He has just washed the disciples' feet. He's served them all. Peter has made his declaration, don't wash my feet. And Jesus said, if I don't wash your feet, you'll have no part of me. Judas has left the meal. He's gone out to betray Jesus. And they finish the meal, and they're together. And Jesus says to them, this new commandment I give to you. Which is interesting because it's not really a new commandment. This commandment it goes all the way back to Leviticus. But what Jesus was saying to them is that I am getting ready to form my church. And I am giving you the foundation for the church that is to be established. I'm giving you a foundation for the New Testament church. And the foundation of this new church is love. Yeah. The foundation, the operation, uh, and, the, and the motive behind everything that we are going to do in this New Testament church is going to be based on love. And he says, he takes it a step further and says, I'm the example of this. Basically, what he is saying to them that there is no greater love than a friend laid down his life for another. And that, that is the love that Jesus portrayed for us, giving us the example of the New Testament church, giving us an example of how you and I are, are to, ought to function as a church. In order for us to understand, though, this dynamic of loving one another, we first have to understand our relationship with God. We have to understand who we are in Christ. Well, we know that this proper perspective that we're to have is that we are the bride of Christ, that He has loved us, that He has called us, that He has transformed us, that He's put His hand upon us. In Isaiah 55, in 54, verse 5, it says, Your maker is your husband. The Lord of hosts is His name, and your Redeemer is the Holy 
Holy One of Israel. He is called you, the God of the whole earth. God has called us to be His bride. We are His people. In Ephesians chapter 5 and verse 27, it says that He might present her to Himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. So this, this is the church. We are the bride of Christ. We have been called out when we were busy prostituting ourselves to the world. Jesus loved us. He called us and brought us in. When we were naked in our shame and our guilt and our sin, He clothed us with His righteousness. Christ has called us in, and He's made every spiritual blessing available to to you and I. And beyond that, every last ounce of love that the Father has poured out on the Son has been lavishly and abundantly been poured out on us. We have access to experience the love of God to its absolute fullest. This is the relationship that God has called us into, that Christ and I, Christ and you can have. And when you begin to have that relationship, you understand the dynamics of the church. So my question for you is this. How do we then show intentional love to one another? How do we express this intentional love? If God has loved us, if God has called us, if God has poured out this love on the Son, and the Son has loved us, and we have been called the bride of Christ, and we're being made into this precious bride ready for the marriage supper of the Lamb that Revelation talks about. If we're being made ready for that, and all of this is transpiring, how do we then take this love and intentionally share it with one another? We're being built together. How do we share this love with one another? First off, I would say that we do this through connecting. We love by connecting. The word there in Scripture that is often used for connecting is the word koinonia. It means partnership. It means intimacy. It means fellowship. It means enduring in a joint effort together. This is what Philippians says in verse, uh, chapter 1, verses 3 through 6. Paul's writing to the Philippian church, and he says, I thank my God upon every remembrance of you, always in every prayer of mine, making requests for you with all joy for your fellowship in the gospel. That word fellowship is the word koinonia, for your partnership, for your fellowship, in the gospel from the first day until now, being confident of this very thing, that he who has began a good work in you will complete it until the day of Jesus Christ. What Paul's telling the Philippian church is, you have partnered together, you have co-labored with me, you have come into an agreement with me, and we are working together. And what was the purpose that the Philippian church had partnered with Paul? It was for the advancement of the gospel. It was that others would encounter God and His grace and His glory. That's why they partnered. They partnered in their time. They partnered in their talent, the resources, the, the uh, finances. They invested into Paul's ministry. Now, one of the ways that we do this here, and we're developing this new opportunity on Sunday nights. Many of you have joined us on Sunday nights for cleansing streams, and we've had a great time. We did evangelism explosion on Sunday nights a while back, and we had a great time in evangelism explosion. And so what we're, what we're going to do on Sunday nights is we're going to develop this opportunity to connect and build fellowship and partnership, this opportunity to build Koinonia in our church. And so we're starting, we're rebranding, re if you will, Sunday nights and calling it Sunday Night Thrive. And so this is going to take place on Sundays. Every Sunday night, 6 o'clock, we'll have child care. And we're taking the material 
and developing this. Heather and I are going to be teaching this every week. And it ends up being about 40 weeks worth of teaching and, and service and experience together. And this is what we're going to take a look at. Level one, we're going to be planted. We're going to take a look at what it means to, to understand the foundations of the scripture and our church. Number two, level two, is you're going to be rooted. We're going to learn how to minister to others. And so if you, now let me just pause here. How many of you have ever struggled in ministering to someone else? Be honest, everyone, if your hand is not up, you're lying. We've all struggled at some point. You know, God has said, hey, go, go minister, go do this. You're like, eh, I'm not sure about this. <laughs> You've got the wrong guy. You've got the wrong woman. I'm not sure, God. But we want to teach you and equip you how to minister effectively to others. So that's level two is rooted. Level three is grounded. Finding your freedom in Christ. Finding freedom and breakthrough over the bondages and the chains, the past hurts, the failures, much like what we're doing in Cleansing Streams now. And then level four is going to be flourish. And we're going to talk about understanding spiritual authority, understanding the spiritual authority that believers walk in, and understanding God's structure in His church of spiritual authority. So Sunday nights is going to be a great time. This starts, uh, Sunday Night Thrive starts in April. After we get past Easter, you'll see more information about this, but we still have cleansing streams happening right now, so don't get mistake, uh, confused on that. But I want you to come be a part of Sunday Night Thrive. Now, we've taken the Thrive name. We want you to flourish, thrive. We've taken that name from our annual spiritual enrichment conference called Thrive. thrive. And so you'll see the connection between our annual conference and these classes. We want to connect the dots and create an intentional path of discipleship. This is exactly what the church needs for health, is an intentional path for discipleship. And so what happens, you go through level one, two, three, four, five, and then you complete it, you get your certificates, your badges, whatever, you hang them up on the wall, you know, you get something, and you feel accomplished, and then... You, and then you don't say, oh, well, I did that and I'm done. No, you turn to someone who's around you in your small group and say, hey, have you gone through Thrive? I want you to come with me and go through Thrive next year. I want you to experience what I'm going through. And so this will be on a perpetual basis on Sunday nights. I'm going to ask Carl Stover if he'll come up. He's been, he's been joining us as a part of... Cleansing Streams. So why don't you share with us what God's been doing in Cleansing Streams. Um, Tamara asked me to share, and I, I'm not very good at uh, sharing. I'm afraid of, I'm afraid of this. <laughs> but um, at Cleansing Streams, it's a good opportunity to get to know each other. And, uh, you know, um, I've enjoyed it. Uh, but it, it was funny, well, I don't know if it's funny, but this morning I was reading, and in John 16 and 31, Jesus asked, do you now believe? And he goes on and talks about the uh, time that's coming, but uh, 16 to 33, 33 says, these things I have spoken to you, that in me you may have peace, in the world you will have tribulation, but be of good cheer, I have overcome the world. And the cleansing streams is working, is building on that, I feel. Because um, if, if we cling on to those things that have uh, hurt us, 
will, will never move forward. So we need to let those things go, like that Frozen song, let it go, <laughs> and uh, move forward in him. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. The second way that we connect and, and intentionally show love in our community is through serving. Do you know that you have superhuman powers? <laughs> Everyone in this room, the children's ministry just went through uh, the, this whole lesson on superhuman strength and all this stuff. And they're, they're learning about the gifts that God deposits in each of our lives. You have superhuman strength and gifts. And I'm not saying that you can go climb buildings and jump, you know, and shoot out spider webs out of your hand. But I'm talking about God-given gifts in your life. In 1 Corinthians chapter 12, and verse 4, says there are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. And there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation of the Spirit is given to each one for the profit of all. These gifts are God manifesting Himself in your life. It's God taking someone who feels inadequate not capable, and saying, I'm going to deposit in you the weak thing, and I'm going to confound the foolish and the wise, or the, I'm going to confound the wise. I'm going to use the foolish things. How many of you are foolish? <laughs> we all have areas of our life where we feel inadequate, where we're not capable, and it's those areas that God begins to call us out to walk on the water with Him. Peter, get out of the boat. Um, Jesus, I'm not capable of walking on the boat. That's, that's a natural improbability. This is the natural forces are at work here. Gravity is going to pull me under. But he gets out of the boat and he walks, not on his talent, not on his skill, not on his abilities, but he walks on the Word of God. And whatever it is in your life that maybe God's speaking to you or challenging you to get out of the boat and just trust Him. God's deposited within your life the supernatural gifts and the abilities to accomplish what He's called you to do. He's just waiting for you to get out of the boat. You know, some of the things that keep us in the boat, number one is fear. Really, everything comes out of and derives from that four-letter word, that horrible word, fear. And most of the time, the big deal for all of us is, what will people think? So we don't get out of the boat because what happens if, if I sink? Well, what happens if you do sink? What happened to Peter when he sank? Because he did sink. A lot of times, Peter gets a bad rap because, you know, he took his eyes off Jesus and he's saying, I got news for you. I wasn't getting out of the boat. <laughs> I mean, let's just go back. Let's just go back to square one here. I, I, I'm not even going to have an opportunity to sink. I, I can drown real well, so I'm not getting out of that boat. So the reality is he got out, but he did sink and you probably will mess it up. <laughs> You'll probably make a big mistake. You'll probably go to share a scripture with someone and you'll quote, you'll give the wrong reference or you'll totally flub it up and you'll say, God loves you. And, you know, the next thing you'll be saying something that's not scriptural. And you're like, oh, I'm so sorry. You got to go back and correct it. But that's okay. Just get out of the boat. I think Jesus can handle his reputation. I think he can handle his reputation. He's just looking for you to just take a step of faith. So one of the ways that we do this, and you'll find this, I, I keep connecting the dots here between what I'm preaching and what we're practically doing. One of the ways that we do this here is through the A-Team. Uh, at the information booth, you can get the brochure on the A-Team, and we have quarterly A-Team lunches. Our A-Team, or ambassador team, is our volunteer team. And so 
when you join a volunteer ministry, whether it's children's ministry or you're serving in creative arts or you're ushering or usheretting or whatever you're doing, whatever the terms are, you become part. That was a joke. You all could have laughed. <laughs> Thanks. Usherette. Oh, never mind. That's like deaconess. Okay. Uh, whatever. <laughs> so you could pick up one of these brochures. You automatically become part of the team by volunteering. And we provide quarterly, like I said, quarterly lunches where we train, equip you, give you resources on how to serve and how to fulfill God's call in your life better. So check this out. I'm going to ask at this time if Cindy, I didn't realize both of them were coming. That's funny. Cindy Stover. We just get the Stover clan today. That's okay. I like the Stovers. (laughs) Cindy's in charge of one of our volunteer ministries called Super Service Thursday. And they come in. And I got to brag on Super Service because this is a group of men and women who come in once a week on Thursdays and they help us prepare for the weekend service. You would be surprised at how much work has to go in to prepare for Sunday services. Um, So they come in, they do bulletins, they help with follow-up, they send letters, they send cards, they do a ton of work. This past year, at the very minimum, this past year, we've totaled up their volunteer hours. The very, very minimum, they've, commi- they've contributed 1,000 volunteer hours this past year to preparing for the week. It's awesome. Now I'm supposed to add to that, right? <laughs> First off, I'll say good morning. I'm glad to see everybody here. And um, I just wanted to um, make a reminder. I brought my camouflage Bible today because we're at war. And we need to remember that the enemy keeps us very busy, very distracted. And sometimes we don't have time to love on our church like we should. Um, One of the ways that I felt called, and I probably called the office 12 times before I got my interview with Pastor Heather. But the Lord told me, you need to volunteer. Okay, he's given me some giftings and I need to use them for the church not for the world. So I finally got in the door, and once I got in the door, boy, I saw that there's a real need for a lot of behind-the-scenes activities and planning and, you know, just events that go on. They don't happen overnight, and they don't happen by themselves. I have a group of faithful people. I would say a group, but it's only a handful, and I could use a group. I could use a whole troop of people. And you think, well, there'd be nothing to do. We get it all done. Well, no, no, it is a never ending list. We have so many needs here. Um, just to call somebody and talk to them and say, how are you been? We haven't seen you in a couple weeks. That might take 45 minutes if you truly are, you know, talking to them and listening to them. So, um, If you feel that you have any time that you could come in on a Thursday and serve, we will gladly put you to work in the giftings that you know you have. Um, We do paperwork. We do office assistance stuff. And we just, um, we are involved in every activity, like the Valentine's banquet. We were stringing beans. And, you know, there's always interesting things that go on behind the scenes. If you want to find out what your church is really doing, you show up on a Thursday, you're going to see the inside, not the outside. You get to see how it's all put together. And um, you will definitely feel called back. 
because once you get your toe in the water, it's going to feel so warm and inviting that you're going to want to come back and you're going to want to bring a friend. And I just want to say thank you to Grandma Vicki and Linda Zora because they really hold it together. I see Paulette. I see my sister, Mindy, and my dad, Tom, and Tom, my uncle, my dad, Tiger. Whenever I'm in a need and I don't have enough hands on board, I can call my family in and they can help get things done. I can count on that. I want my family to be extended to anyone that wants to take that challenge and step forward. Um, <clears throat> celebration has a lot of vision, but it's going to take a lot of hands to make that come to fruition. Yeah. So uh, if you want to be part of this battle, in an active way. I have plenty of purpose for each person that's here. Um, I wanted to show you just one of the little things we do is we put together the bulletin every week. So we're in charge of all the little papers that are inside. They get copied, they get cut, they get inserted, they get counted. Um, this bulletin would have a hard time making it to you on Sunday if it wasn't done on Thursday. Yeah. And there's been a couple times on Friday we've had to come in a staff because there was no volunteers and are not enough volunteers to get this done. So the call has been sent. <laughs> I don't know where it's landed, but I do, I do appreciate everyone that comes in and helps me. And, um, yeah. Speaking of chores, I have a letter for almost everybody in this church. So if you could see me at the t-shirt table <laughs> afterwards, we can get this accomplished, okay? All right, thank you. <laughs> She's, that's awesome. She's referencing the uh, membership letter about the business meeting. So if you're a member, make sure you see her because she'll have a letter for you. Another way that we connect here in our church and intentionally show love with one another is love through giving. <clears throat> now, don't turn off because I just said the word giving. And I'm not just talking about your money. I'm talking about your time, your talent, your resources. One of the tricks that, uh, that we have to work through in our personal lives that we have to use wisdom with is how much time do I spend on my own agenda and how much time do I devote to caring for other people in my church? And so, like Cindy was saying, it's real easy to get busy in our personal lives and not devote any time to caring for the body and caring for one another and our church family. And so we have to budget out time and our schedules. Just like we budget out our finances in tithing and giving, we have to budget out our time and make sure that we're making time to encourage one another and serve one another and build up one another. Here's what Acts chapter 4 says about this. This is the New Testament church. This is a great picture of what our church ought to be. Acts, Acts chapter 4 verse 32 says, Now the multitude of those who believed were of one heart, one soul, and neither did anyone say that the things he possessed was his own. That's mine. Mine. <laughs> I might show that video clip from the, what's that, uh, Finding Nemo. Mine, 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 mine. The little seagulls. Mine, mine. You know, that's how, right? That's not how they responded. But they had all things in common. With great power, the apostles gave witness to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus. And great grace was upon them all. Nor was there anyone among them who lacked. For all who were possessors of lands or houses sold them and brought the proceeds of the things that were sold and laid them 
at the apostles' feet, and they distributed to each one as they had need. We do this through tithes, offerings, time, through missions, giving, all of the things that we do here around the church. Your giving supports the work of God. I'm going to ask Pastor Joe if he'll come and just share just a quick... They're all coming to preach today. <laughs> just share what uh, your giving story. Sure. Um, so... I mean, I've, I've been going to this church my whole life, and I've been I've been giving tipping. I guess would be would be a better word. And I, in times, I would even tip ten percent, which is I guess it's tithing, but it's it's not being faithful in in what I'm giving. Uh, and Proverbs says to that a faithful man will abound in blessings. And we really started to discover this after we moved here, and really started being faithful and diligent about giving. Um, uh, about a year and a half ago, maybe. We had somebody, a family member, give us a car. Like, well, that's very convenient. That's that's very thoughtful. I very much appreciate it. But then that that, you know, being faithful, we got a car. Great. Well, that also opened the opportunity for a new job somewhere else, which was even more blessing. We may we remain faithful still. Then there's the promotions and the bonuses. Um, we've had. I wish I could. I, if you've got time, catch me afterward because, yeah, we had a second car that was given to us. We had washers and dryers. I mean, that, I could go on all day. Um, but really, I mean, it's a matter of maintaining faithfulness and staying faithful in, in giving, yeah. being faithful with our time, um, late evenings, being with the girls, dragging the girls here. And, and they get to see, you know, that kind of faithfulness in us, and we're teaching that to them as well. Yeah. Um, and so we, we love to be able to, to teach on the faithfulness, not only to our family, to our care groups. Um, so, yeah, all that to say, maintain faithfulness. God will provide blessing. Um, and when you stay faithful with that, it's more blessing and yep. smiles awesome. and rainbows. <laughs> so if you didn't catch the second, second car given to them, so the two cars given to them, and... Uh, the uh, the washer and dryer, they have a whole list. I can't keep up with the list. It's like every time I turn around, they're getting something. So the, the blessing of the Lord is on the faithful. It's awesome. Another way that we intentionally show love is through sharing. And this is more than just giving. It's committing yourself one to another. It's loving one another. It's coming alongside of someone else inside the church and outside of the church and saying, I'm here for you. We're in this together. No matter what you're going through in life, we're going to do it together. You know, it's one of the great things of a church family is that no matter what you're going through, no matter what the hardship is, no matter what the difficulty is, as you cultivate this community of family and relationship here, you can call up your friend, your family member, and say, hey, you know what? I'm just going through a really rough time. Share with them the story. And can you just pray for me? And then sometimes you just need somebody who's going to keep you in check. I'm a fuming mad. You won't believe what happened at work today. And they're going to listen to you vet and say, okay, now you need to put on Christ. This is what the scripture says. And so we, we encourage one another. We keep one another in check. And we do that outside of the four walls as well. We go into our community and we share the love that God has given to us, that we're sharing with one another, and we share it in our community as well. In Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 through 16, it says, You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its flavor, how shall it be seasoned? It's good for nothing. But to be thrown out and trampled underfoot by men, you are the light of the world. Now, let me just pause here. As a believer, 
you never retire. Now, I just, I, I'm not talking about a, a job, a J-O-B. I'm talking about your call to be a Christian. You should never lose your saltiness. One of the, one of the most salty Christians, I'm just going to take a moment to encourage the seniors in the room. If, you are, if you're above the age of 65 or 75, whatever, wherever you consider yourself to be a senior or experienced in, in church, whatever, whatever age, you put the age on it. But regardless, some of the most salty people ought to be those who have been in church for their entire life or for a majority of their life. I need your salt. <laughs> I, need to, I need to taste of your flavor. And so does the world around you. You're not over and life's not over just because you turn 75, 85 or whatever age put the, put the number in. God says very, very clearly here that we are not to ever lose our saltiness. He goes on to say, you're the light of the world. A city that is set on the hill cannot be hidden. Well, we're on North Hill, so we're, we qualify in the natural and the spiritual here. Nor do they light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand. And it gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father in heaven. Amen. Our calling as believers is to enrich the lives of those around us. Your spiritual life is is the measure of how you will enrich the life of someone else. Are you enjoying the love of God? Are you pressing into God? Are you enjoying his presence? Are you enjoying his word? The more that you do, the more love that you'll share with others, the more your saltiness will increase with others. And one of the ways that we do this here is through our care group ministry, which we're talking about today. We have the care group party. And I'm going to ask Megan if she'll come and share about her young family's group. She's not coming to preach. She has no Bible. I didn't know I was supposed to preach. Otherwise no, you don't I have to. <laughs> I think we're good. Um, my husband, Tony, and I, uh, we have been leading the Young Families Care Group for about a year now, a little over a year. And um, I was actually talking with someone several weeks ago about it. And they were like, well, what is young? Because we're not really that young. We're like 30. I'm like, oh, honey, so are we. You're fine. Um, it's <laughs> it's um, young, basically, you know, Kids, if you have children, like zero to 18 is kind of where we're at. So it's, you know, families. So anyways, um, about a year-ish ago, um, Debbie over there, she and her husband were searching for a new church home. And they ran into my husband kind of out and about. Tim um, was an old friend of Tony's, and they, um, they got to talking. Tony's like, hey, we lead this group. It's over at our, um, our worship pastor's house, our young adults pastor's. You know, come on over. It'd be great. And they came, like, that week, and we were all really excited. We're like, awesome, they're here, and they came back, and they came back, and they came back. So we were like, hey, you know, this is fantastic. Debbie started um, coming on Sunday mornings. She gets plugged in. She becomes a member. Now she's a regular volunteer at Night of Hope. She drives the bus. Um, awesome. She's been bringing people, and I... I warned her that I was going to talk about her. She said, as long as you don't make me stand up there. Um, <laughs> But one really, really awesome thing that I see, and this is something, you know, care group leaders, hear me out on this. It is not just what's happening inside your home. It is not just what's happening inside your care group. Um, Debbie started bringing a couple of friends with her, and they haven't been coming all the time. They've been kind of sporadic. But one of them has been involved in drugs. 
and has recently told Debbie, who then came to me and said, she said she wants to give it up. She wants to stop doing what awesome. she's been doing. So this, and this, so that is going to reach out to the people she's been dealing with and the people who have been coming to her. So it's not, and I mean, that's all as a direct result because my husband said, hey, come to a care group. Right. I mean, we're not even talking about a Sunday morning. We're talking about a Friday night. We all sit down and we eat dinner together. We hang out, we talk, we do a little worship, and that's it. you know. And now here we have one family, possibly two families, and who knows how many beyond that as a result of one little teeny tiny care group on a Friday awesome. night. It's awesome. And we love having Debbie involved. She's so much fun. It's awesome. So how do we love? We intentionally express our love with one another. Here's my challenge for you this week. One, come back next Sunday. <laughs> come back next Sunday and join us on the journey of I Love My Church because we're going to take a look at each of these areas that I just talked about today in greater detail. So I want you to come back next four weeks. Second challenge that I want to give to you is that uh, out in the foyer, we have three conversation starters already prepared for you. A lot of people in the room are wearing one of them or probably two of them. And that's the shirts and the wristbands. These are great conversation starters. You wear them out in public and someone says, I love my church. Okay, what church do you go to? Celebration Church. Okay, where's that at? Tell me about it. What do you believe? And then it starts developing into a conversation. So it becomes an easy point of contact with someone because you're wearing a shirt, just like we do with our Night of Hope shirts. In a great way, uh, our Night of Hope shirts, your Night of Hope, everybody knows what? Look for someone in a red shirt. They'll be able to help you. It's the same way with these blue shirts. Go out into the community and they become conversation stars. Wristbands the same. Yard signs the same. And then thirdly, if you're not in a care group, join a care group. This, this semester, we're taking a look at I Love My Church. And so the care group discussions are going to center around, and most of the groups, unless they're a teaching class, most of them are going to center around Sunday's messages. And we're all going to take a look together at what it means to love my church. And so what you hear here on Sundays will be rediscussed and redefined in the, in the home group. So you can talk about it, ask questions. One of, the, one of the great things about small groups that you don't get in large gatherings like this uh, is the ability to ask questions and the ability to follow through. So in this large setting, I'm not able to hold you individually accountable for everything that God's speaking to you today. Because God's speaking to everyone differently, and he's speaking to everyone in this room about specific things. But I can't personally hold each of you accountable for those things. But within the context of your small group, there's four or five in a small group leader. And you can say, hey, this is what God spoke to me. And they're going to hold you accountable to that. You can ask questions and say, hey, I didn't quite understand. What did Pastor mean when he said share? You know, we love each other through sharing. What does that mean? What does that look like? And you can begin to break it down and discuss it. And so that's the power of groups. I would encourage you to get plugged in. It is the backbone of our church, whether it's a Sunday school class, whether it's a group that meets during the week, whether it's a play group that goes out and just has fun and does a devotion together, whatever it is, get involved, get connected. And so what did Jesus say in John 13? He says this, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this will all know that you are my disciples if you have love. Thank you for joining the Celebration Podcast. 
For more information, visit ccacron.org or call us at 330-762-7458. You can also download the Celebration app from iTunes or the Android store. With my father, it's so hard.